Good morning. How's everybody? Hello. Good to see you. Happy New Year again. If you missed last week, uh, this is for you. But Happy New Year. I hope you had a, a great, great uh, start to your new year. And uh, I'm excited about what the future holds for for our church, for my family, and uh, in my own life. I'm excited about what God is going to do this year. Are you glad you came to church today, both campuses? I don't believe you. Do you really excited about being here? Give God a praise clap today. All right. That's better. <laughs> That's better. We do welcome you if you are a, a guest today. We're, we're blessed to have you here at North Star, uh, at either of our locations. We're just honored that you would come. We welcome those that are joining us online, live today, and maybe at someday in the future if, if you're watching. And we just went live at our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. How many know that God is an awesome God? And that God has uh, an incredible plan for our life. Well, we're beginning a series today called His Plan. And as we announced last week, we are, have called the church into a time of prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that will begin on Monday the 16th. Now, you can start before then. Some people, there are many different kinds of fasts. Um, fast from food or, or certain kinds of food. I like to have done uh, on several occasions the Daniel fast. That's no breads and sweets, just vegetables and fruit. That seems to be a good one for me. But regardless of what it is, you may be fasting from watching television or getting on social media. I just want to give you a heads up. If you're a, a football fan, the fast ends like on the Super Bowl Sunday or something like that. So you might want to start a day early, especially if, if you're going to fast from television. I think one of the greatest things I've ever done is fasting from, from um, social media. <laughs> I fast from that pretty often. Uh, I apologize for that. Only a certain number of people get a if you get anything from me for on your birthday, it's HB. Has anybody recognized that before? I'm sorry, but 95% of the people did not get an HB on Facebook because I just quit doing it. I got out of the habit. So happy birthday for the whole year. Yeah. But anyway, seriously, on the fast, it'll, it'll begin a week from tomorrow, 21 days. And the, the key is... Whatever you're leaving out, let God reveal something to you and fill you with his presence and his spirit. If you want some more information on fasting, you can go to our website. It is fantastic. There's some great information. It's very informative. It tells what fast is, why we fast, why we should fast, and um, gives you several different kinds of fast that you, you can um, partake in. And then after the service ends today, as you leave, we're going to give you one of these. And this is uh, a journal. 
it's blank, but you can use this during your time of prayer and fasting or just journal in your quiet time. But uh, just ask God to reveal something to you during this time of prayer and fasting. I think it's going to be awesome, and I think God is going to do some incredible things in our church and in my life during this time of prayer and fasting. All right? Good? All right, today I'm going to be looking, we're going to be looking on the subject of the key, the key, the key that opens the door. Um, Have you ever got locked out of the house? Like I'm embarrassed to say how many times that's happened, but like there's nothing like running home from the office and uh, you, you rush in to get something that you forgot and only to find out that you left your house keys and car keys in the house. Very frustrating. I don't get frustrated much or or as often as I used to. But that is very frustrating. So what do you do? Well, you start going around the house and people driving by thinking you're a burglar. I'm trying to open a window. And guess what? There's never a window open. So I have been stuck. It's very frustrating to own the house, like I own the house, I own the stuff inside, but I can't get in my own house. I'm standing out in the cold, can't get in to the house. Well, there's a principle in that. I'm not just talking to hear myself talking. And it, it, there's the law of, of, of recognition. Write this in your notes. Whatever goes unrecognized remains unrealized. Let that kind of settle in on your thought process for a moment. Whatever goes unrecognized remains unrealized. Here's here's an example. Okay, so you're walking down the street, and you don't know it, but behind the bush over to the side is a $100 bill. But that, uh, unless you recognize it, you're not going to realize it. You hear what I'm saying? Unless you recognize that, that the $100 bill is there, you're not, you're not going to fully realize the potential. So if I glance over and I see a $100 bill, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to get it. I'll crawl through briars. I'll crawl through a snake. No, I'll crawl through briars to get that $100 bill. Because I recognized it, and now once I go in there and get it, I can have the realization that it means something. And so what I believe that God wants to do this year in our lives is to help us to recognize so we can realize the blessings that he has for us this year. It's like when he lifts the veil. The word revelation literally means... Uh, to, to pull back the curtains, to lift the veil. And this is what I know if you're taking notes. When he lifts the veil to show you things, and this is God, and, and I'm going to hang out here. This is kind of long. I want you to write it down. When he lifts the veil, pulls back the curtains to show us things, we get the chance to take advantage of stuff that we never knew was there to begin with. Okay, so like I'm having my quiet time, and uh, for some of you, 
2017 is going to be the year that you develop some spiritual disciplines, all right? But I'll be, I'll, I'll be reading my Bible, and, and I'm not good at it. So you're a preacher. Uh, right. I'm not good at it. I struggle. Really? I thought preachers, I thought pastors were like, ooh, way up there with God. I'm not. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, he's with me, but uh, I struggle. I struggle with reading my Bible. I struggle with, with spending time in, in prayer. So I have to work at it. I have to discipline myself. But when I do, and the first thing that I do in the morning, I've, this is one of my disciplines. Uh, I fail at it, but I, I really work at it. The very first thing that I do when I get up, when I wake up in the morning, is I spend time in prayer with God. I'm talking about before I even get out of the bed. That's not the only time that I pray. But I spend time with God. I, I commune with Him. I, I, I worship Him. I confess my sins. I, I give thanks. I ask Him for things. Now, I, I'm, I've tried, and I don't really always succeed at this, but I try to do this. Uh, I try to let the first thing that I read, even if it's just one verse, and w look, w uh, one of the greatest apps that I think that's out there is version. all right? It's free. You download it on, on your phone from the app store, and it, it'll even remind you. And uh, so I read the Bible. I may have gotten messages or something um, from Messenger or from a text message. I don't look at those. The first thing that I do, I try to get into the Word of God. So I did that this morning. I did that from the house. And then when I got here, I got into the Word even more. Now, here's my point. As I uh, begin to, to be in tune with God, that doesn't mean my life is perfect and I don't make mistakes and that I don't sin. But when my life is in tune, when I'm connecting with God, he begins to lift the veil. He begins to pull back the curtains and show me things. I'll be reading the Bible and a passage maybe I've read a hundred times. I'll be reading it, and it's like, wow, the light came on. He pulled back the curtains. I, I'm under, he's revealing some things to me. Sometimes I just need a word from God. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I, 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 I come to a point in my life, and pretty often, God, I just need, to, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. And uh, some of you are saying, yeah, my life feels stuck. My, my life feels like I'm in a rut. I don't, Pastor, I don't have the passion that I used to have. I, I don't have the sense of connection. I don't, I've lost the momentum in my spiritual life. Well, uh, tell, what passage did you read this morning? Well, I'm not, I'm, I've lost the passion to even read the Bible. Ding, 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 ding. What's you in, Johnny? I mean, seriously? No wonder you don't have the momentum. No wonder you don't have the passion. No wonder you don't have the, the drive. You've got to get into the Word, and when you get into the Word, and let the Word get into you, God starts to lift that veil. And this, this unveiling, it's, a, it's available to all of us when we connect to the Spirit of God. It's available to all of us when we connect to the Spirit of God. Please write that down. It's available... 
you don't have to just hear stories of me saying that God revealed things. You can discover it for yourself. It's called the Spirit-filled life. Now, like I said, I, I don't always, I'm not always the person I need to be. I'm like the Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament. He said, the things I shouldn't do, hmm, I find myself doing them. Can you imagine? I mean, I can't, I can't even think of Paul being like that. But he, he said it. He said, the things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. And the things that I should not do, uh, or the things that I should do, I don't, I don't do them. The things I shouldn't do, I find myself doing them. But when I connect, hear me, when I start connecting with God, and when I started this year, last Sunday, I said, God, I want to be, I want this year, I want to be closer to you this year than I've ever been before in my life. And the way that happens, it's called the Spirit-filled life. That's God being God in you. And as I connect with God, he says, I'm going to tell you some more stuff. One reason we don't um, advance or make progress oftentimes in our spiritual lives is because of lack of knowledge. Hosea said it this way. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so my goal for 2017 is to get more wisdom, is to get more knowledge, because I'm telling you, man, I need, you may not think you need it, but I need a revelation and an illumination from God. Write that in your notes. I need a revelation. I need God. I, if when I make decisions, I made a decision this past week, and I, it was kind of a sudden decision, and so I had to pray fast, and I didn't make it uh, a spur-of-the-moment kind of decision. I slept on it. We prayed about it. But what I need God to do in my life is to reveal, and to, to reveal and illumine my heart, and that's done uh, by the Spirit, from the inside. I need a revelation and an illumination of God's Spirit from the inside, which is the Spirit-filled life. Now, it's good stuff, huh? I didn't make it up. You know, I'm fixing to start preaching, but uh, like right up until this point, I've been like on the front porch. We fixed to go inside. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians. Galatians Chapter 3, maybe you're saying, Pastor, I, I could never do that. I could never, I could never live the kind of life that I think God really wants me to live. And I've said the same thing. I've said, God, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't, keep, I don't know if I can stay true to this. And about that time, and this is from the, from the Holy Spirit, about that time, he walks over to me and he says, here's the keys. And you can go in the house. And oftentimes, the reason that we don't have is because we don't ask. And oftentimes, the reason we don't experience is because we've not received that filling of the Holy Spirit. And it, just when I think I can't do it, God says, I want to unlock some things in your life. Maybe you've come today and there's some things that need unlocking. You own the house, 
You own the stuff inside, but you can't get in because you don't have the key. And what God wants to do this year is to give you the key to the spiritual blessings that he has for you. Now, I want to read this in Galatians chapter 3, beginning with verse 6. This is a commentary of Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15. This is a New Testament written many, many years later, 3,700 years actually. Uh, today is 3,700 years. And uh, so in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, it's about Abraham in the Old Testament. So, so also, Abraham believed God. Say that with me. He believed God. He believed God. So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. What did he do? He believed God. But then he went on, and he acted on his belief. The Bible says, understand then that those that have faith are children of Abraham. How are we children of Abraham? Abraham was a Jew. Unless you're a Jew, how would you be a descendant of Abraham? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about that. It's pretty interesting. Verse 8 says, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Well, and We may not talk about it, but I just read it. So God justified us by faith. So the blessings of Abraham are, are our blessings. It says, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you so that so those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And so, like I said, this is the uh, the old, this is a New Testament commentary of Genesis uh, chapter 12 and chapter 15. So what family? When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you become a part of his family. Abraham, he said, Abraham, your descendants are going to be greater than the sand in the sea, greater than the stars in the sky. And when you, when I, when we give our hearts to Christ, we become part of his family. We're heirs. Now, if somebody leaves you an inheritance, I've never, like, got a big inheritance, but, you know, God's putting it on your heart to include me in your... Uh, what do you do when somebody gives you an inheritance? You say, I don't deserve it. I can't take it. Sorry. Wrong. You take the money and run. Right? And so God has given us an inheritance. It doesn't mean you're not going to mess up or that you're not going to sin. My goodness, just talk to my wife. Uh, I sin. I have to confess my sin. I have to repent of sin. It doesn't mean that you're not going to sin, but here's the good news. God sent his son Jesus to the earth, lived a perfect life, a sinless life, and died a sinner's death. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin, took on our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And see, 
even though I'm a sinner, I confess my sins, I repent of my sins, even though I sin, Jesus, God doesn't look at me like that. I was telling God recently, God, I, I must be a disappointment to you. And you know something? God, um, he's all-knowing, he sees all, but he's never shaken up when we sin. You cannot sin and it catch God off guard. All right? Now, uh, I, I talked to somebody not too long ago who was trying to explain to me that they were living above sin. And, and my comment was, it might have been a little ugly, but I said, uh, you were until you lied. You, you might have been. I mean, th th there are times that we're spirit-filled, walking in the spirit, connecting to the spirit. I sin a lot less the more I walk with God. I have better thoughts, better habits when I'm walking with God. And so, uh, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. When God looks at us, he looks at us through Jesus. Uh, he knows that I'm a sinner, but he looks at me. I, my standing is righteous before God because of Jesus. I've been justified by his blood by his grace I'm being sanctified now that sounds that's a real churchy sounding word it's a Bible word but I'm being sanctified and let me tell you something man it is a lifelong process but my goal my goal is that 2017 I would be closer to God than I was in 2016 it's a process if I live another year, hopefully, I'll look back and say, I'm closer to God now because I'm in his word. His word's getting into me. He's pulling back the veil where I can see stuff I didn't even know I had. And he, he does the work. Now, uh, in Genesis, uh, if, you, if you, your Bibles are still open, turn to Genesis chapter 12. This is the story that we were reading about in, in Ephesians. This is a promise that God made to Abraham 3,700 years ago. Chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household. How many know we like to be in our comfort zone? Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't necessarily like getting out of my comfort zone, but I have to. I have to get out of the comfort zone. He says, I want you to leave your country, your people, your comfort zone, your father's household, in this land, I will show you. Where am I going? I ain't telling you, God said. He said, I just want you to go. I'll, I'll shed some light on the way, and I'll tell you when we get there. Did you know that God sometimes tells us to step out, though we may not know exactly where we're going? Did you know that God sometimes gives us instructions that we, can't, we don't know what the answer or the outcome is going to be? He said, I will, verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and will bless you. Mm. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those that curse you and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Up at this point, God had been silent. It was seeming like, it seemed like God was silent. They had not heard from God for 75 years. 
I heard from God this morning. Does it ever seem like God is, has gone silent on you? You've prayed earnestly, you've begged him, and same, it just seems like he's not talking to you right now, but he is. And this is uh, the, the passage, this is what Abraham was fa facing. They hadn't heard from God for, 70, for 75 years, and now suddenly God speaks to Abraham. Verse 4 says, Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Um, when he set out from Haran. It had been 75 years. But how many, how many are glad that, that God speaks and he knows exactly when to speak? and how to speak, and where to speak. So the bottom line is, uh, Abram obeyed. He took the next step. Where are we going? I'll tell you when we get there. That's what God said. I'll tell you when we get there. And what I like about God is that God will pull you out of the crowd and put you on a platform to display to the world what he'll do through you and in you if you'll follow him. And that's what, he's, that's what he was doing with Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm pulling you out of the crowd. It's not that he, that he told Abraham, um, uh, leave your crazy kinfolks and I'll do something good for you. That's not what, I mean, he's got crazy kinfolks. Don't raise your hand. That, but that's not what he did. He said, Abraham, I'm going to do some crazy things in your life, but it's going, it's going to cost you. So he obeyed. And this is what I know. Please jot this in your notes. The speed of your obedience determines the speed of your advance. Oh, but I want, I want to excel. Are you obeying God? How fast do you obey God? When God gives you instructions, maybe he's calling you to serve in North Star Kids, or maybe the parking lot, or maybe as a greeter, or maybe in the student ministry, or maybe in, in women's ministry, or, or celebrate recovery. Maybe he wants you in a small group. Maybe you've been uh, really years without really connecting. And the thing about small groups is this. You can study the Bible on your own, but you can't fellowship on your own. And the Bible says that in the book of Acts that they went house to house studying the Bible and eating, breaking bread. Come on. How many know it, 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 small group is better when you eat? Amen. Uh, I'm going to small group tonight. We're going to eat, and we're going to study the Bible. But how many know that that the importance of taking that step, whether it's a small group or, or church membership or the next step in baptism, the speed of your obedience determines the speed of your advance. Say, so Pastor, I, I want the momentum back. I want the joy back. Oh, listen, David prayed in the Old Testament. David said he had sinned and confessed his sin, Psalm 51. And he says, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. David was a, uh, an adulterer, a murderer. Yet, the Bible 
refers to him as being a man after God's own heart. And, and he, he would have valleys. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's David. And so David struggled and had problems. This is what I know that God did to Abraham. He lifted the limitations from his life. And God wants to do the same thing for you. He will lift the limitations from your life. So what, what limitations? What are you talking about? Well, Abraham was 75. Um, uh, no kids. Um, 75. Uh, and he was older than that before he and Sarah had a baby. And Abraham could have said, God, but God, I mean, seriously? She don't even look at me that way anymore. <laughs> you know, how's this going to happen? Well, this is what I know. God lifted that limitation. You know, when God looks at our, our, our circumstances, we get all caught up in our circumstances, and sometimes that's why we, we're not happy. It's because the happenings around us affect our happiness, but we can have joy. I've often said this. Uh, I've not always been happily married. I, I've pretty much always been happily married. I'm sure my wife has not always been happily married, but we have always been joyfully married because our joy comes from the Lord. Anybody receiving this today? And so God lifted the limitations from his life. And this is what I know. When you recognize the promise, write this down. When you recognize the promise, there's something that motivates you to get out of the old and into the new. I know what it's like to be in the old. I mean, I, I know what it's like to love some old routines. Maybe you love in some old relationship. But what God wants to do is to motivate you. And when he starts pulling back the curtains, when you recognize, remember, if we don't recognize it, we won't realize it. And when you recognize the promises of God, what promises? The promise that he gave to, to Abraham, that I will bless you. But when we recognize that, there's something about it that motivates us to get out of the old and into the new. And I want to challenge you for 2017, is in, that is to, to get out of the old and get into the new. If you're not reading your Bible, start reading your Bible. If you're not praying, start praying. Get out of the old, get into the new. I've got to constantly be reminding myself of that. I need to get out of the old. There's some things I should not be doing. I need to get into the new, the new me, the the, the, the person I am in Christ. Yes, but pastor, all my circumstances, they're so bad. And uh, God is not alarmed by your circumstances. You see, when, uh, it, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. God is not deterred by your circumstances. He speaks in spite of your circumstances. We deal with our circumstances, but guess what? God rules and reigns above circumstances. Terry, that was a good point. Um, don't be discouraged because nobody said anything. We deal with our circumstances. I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe it's financially, maybe it's relationally, maybe it's something at work or something with your kids or with your parents or your brother. 
We deal with circumstances and we let circumstances get us down rather than connecting with the Spirit of God and letting Him fill us and, and reveal to us the things that we need. God rules and reigns above. He is not changed by our circumstances. He speaks and we must listen. He speaks and we must take that step with Him. All right, so number one, he lifts the limitations. Don't you live a defeated life saying you can't do this, you can't do that. He lifts. He, he wants to bless you this year. He wants to bless you, which leads me to the second one. He says, and he says it uh, seven times. He says, I will bless you. Would you, both campuses, would you just say those four words with me? I will bless bless you. I will bless you. Seven times, I will. I can't figure it out. God says, I will. I'm not feeling it. God says, I will. I don't know which way to go. God says, I will. I'll provide. He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. He's just what we need when we need it. So he tells, he tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. In fact, he says in verse 2, I'll make you into a great nation. Hmm. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whosoever curses you I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. Through you. Amen. The word blessing in the Hebrew literally means to kneel under the open hand of God. How many would be glad like me just to kneel under one finger or two fingers of God? But to be blessed literally means to kneel under the open hand of God. To be blessed means the tangible favor of God on your life. So I don't deserve it, neither do I. But God promised that we will be blessed. But we've got to recognize His promise. Come on. Recognize that He has a future for us. Recognize that He has a destiny for you. You've got to recognize it. You've got, you got to commune with Him. You can't wake up in the morning and, and leave God off to the side. You've got to get with God and listen to God. Get in His Word and let Him speak to you. It's the tangible favor. I want the favor of God. But to be blessed is the tangible favor of God on my life. I need it. Now, in chapter 24 verse 1 it says and Abraham was now very old and the Lord had blessed him in every way I don't know about you but 
I want the blessings of God. I don't want to disappoint God or, or have to be disciplined by God. You know, there are two ways that God motivates us. One is by discipline, and one is by blessing. I want the blessings of God. I know discipline is a concept that's changed over the years. We spanked our kids. I called it whippings when I got them. Just, you know, on the verge of child abuse, but it wasn't. I mean, all this stuff, I'm not casting dispersions on your parenting skills, but uh, they didn't take the Xbox away from us. In fact, the only Xbox that we had when I was growing up was a box with an X on it. I'm going to take your phone away. Seriously? For my parents to have taken my phone away, they would have had to rip it out of the wall. I mean, we thought we were, we were country, but we thought we were, we were city when we got one of those long extensions. I could go in the other room and talk. Amen. Sometimes God disciplines us. But he wants to bless us. And Abraham, okay, God, I, I don't know where we're going. I trust you, though. And I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to walk with you. Woo, it's getting tough. God says, I will. I don't know if I can hold out. God says, I will. It's going to be tough. God says, I will. I don't know if I know enough. God says, I will, I will, I will. God says, I got this. I don't know what you're going through or what God is leading you to or leading you through. But God has got this. He's got your marriage. He's got, you, 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 you suddenly, you, you look and you're, you're living better than your bank accounts even says. You don't know why. Whew, can't figure that one out. God is blessing me. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, our Father. So I'll, I'll close with this. This is what I want to challenge you to do. Embrace His I wills. When you're doubting, when you're confused, embrace the I wills. And let him, this year, commune with him, connect with him, and let him reveal to you every step. Whatever the next step is, let him reveal it. But you be willing to go with it. Can I get an amen? Did y'all receive that today? Say amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the word. And uh, thank you for your plan for our lives and how you want to bless us. Now bless us, Lord, during this series that it, it would just ignite something in us to follow your plan. If listening today and you realize that you've never been saved, you've never given your heart to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now just to do that. Would you, by faith, just say this from your heart? God, today I believe. I believe in you. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I believe that Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave. I repent of my sins. I turn to you. I put my trust in you today. I follow you. If you, if you prayed that from your heart and you, you really meant it, 
The Bible says that you were just born again. And God wants to do a marvelous work. It's just now starting. It's just now starting. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, help me to be faithful. Help me to be like Abraham and take that step of faith. Wherever you're leading, I will, I will follow. I want to pray over the congregation at both campuses. Would you stand with me? Father, thank you for today and thank you for the fact that you're so good to us. Thank you, God, for coming into hearts of people today that called on you. Thank you, God, for the fact that we, we have a future and hope in Christ. God, I pray for every person listening, and I pray that today, God, you'd be so, you would be so near and clear to them and dear to them. God, help us to follow you faithfully. Help us to honor you with our living and in our lives. God, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name.